Hi, friends. You're tuned in to Legal Means Business, a podcast by Leeway. We are joined by some amazing guests who help us identify how to take your legal function and career to the next level. I'm your host, Steph Smith, and we're talking all things legal ops and legal tech, as well as other critical skills needed to help you thrive in the evolving in-house arena. Don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube or listen on the go through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the conversation, please do hit subscribe and let us know what you think on social. So what about we protect everyone's personal data as if it's our own? You know, is it meaningful? We're going to say yes. We're going to say the company's really focused on this. Is it audacious? Yes. Is it inspiring? Well, I don't know. You're smiling, Steph. So hopefully, yes. hopefully <laughs> an objective now that's really inspiring and motivating the team and knowing mm-hmm. where we need to go. And, you know, for me, I'd put that on a sticky note on my laptop and I'd be looking at that every single day. To achieve great things as a legal team, you need to align your actions with the wider business objectives. So how should you set goals within the legal function? How do you identify your priorities and define the steps needed to achieve your legal ambitions? One goal setting technique that's proven effective is called OKRs. And this is exactly what we'll be talking about today with Francis Coyle. Francis is a FinTech lawyer with a decade of experience working for merchant acquirers, lenders and banks like Adgen, Klarna and Monzo. Having recently set up her own consultancy, Turtle Law, Frances now works with a mixture of early stage startups, scale-ups and banks. She has much experience benefiting from OKRs in a legal context. And in this episode, she shares an introduction to the goal-setting technique, as well as some common examples that can be applied to in-house legal teams. So without further ado, let's dive in. Well, hi, Francis. How are you doing? <laughs> Good to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining Thanks us. So much. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> no, thank you for taking the time. We do have an interesting topic today, all about goal setting for legal teams. Um, and we're going to be exploring OKRs, which I think is a bit of a mystery for many. So yeah. Yeah. I, I guess to start with, it'd be great to dive in with what exactly are OKRs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So OKRs, like the way I like to think about it, it's a way of uh, understanding what matters the most Mm. and um, what you're going to do in order to get you to achieve your goal that's really um, built around what matters the most. So Mm -hmm. we just take a step back and start from, you know, OKRs. What does it even stand for? So it's objectives and key results. The objective is the what, you know, what is it that you want to achieve? What direction do you want to go? Um, And the key results are the how. It's how you're going to get there. And it's really just a way of setting goals. So your objective is your goal and your key result is how are you going to achieve your goal? How are you going to measure how well you've performed against Mm. your efforts to meet your goal? And they come together. So um, I think a lot of people might be familiar with, you know, smart goals. 
Yes, yeah. Specific, measurable, achievable, STEM air, T, time bound. And really, it's the same concepts that are applied with objectives and key results. Mm-hmm. It's just that with setting smart goals, you're only setting the what. Yes. You're not, you're not setting the how. And so OKRs is really this way of thinking like, okay, what is it that matters? And also, how are we going to get there? And I think that's what makes them really powerful and and, and quite different. Yeah, totally. And I think because a a lot of people will be familiar maybe with KPIs, and it's almost as though OKRs are the next evolution and almost more practical in my experience, I would say, because like you say, it covers the how you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So KPIs, that's that's a really good point. Um, So key performance indicators they sit alongside uh, your key results, but they're they're really different. Also because your key results should be what you're focusing on. And you might have KPIs around your BAU, you know, your business as usual. And I think the number one thing to remember whenever you're setting your objectives and key results, it's not BAU. You know, this is really about what does your team need to focus on for the next quarter? Mm -hmm. And it should be something special. It should be something that, you know, you want to make a change with. You really want to make a leap with. And I know in legal teams, there's always so much work. But there is usually something that everyone in the team needs to focus on together. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of thing that you would be putting down as your objective and you'd be creating key results around, basically mm-hmm. increase the chances that you're going to succeed because the really powerful thing about OKRs, objectives and key results, is when it gets everyone, like a whole team on the same page, you have this like mm-hmm. rally movement, it's really empowering and you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. And I think from working in, you know, super fast startups, um, very ambitious startups. You really need everyone working together because one person in the team isn't going to, you know, move mountains and one Mm -hmm. team isn't going to move mountains. You know, the legal team needs the collaboration of all the other teams in order to achieve the goals as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That makes total sense. And we we did a poll on LinkedIn um, a while back and the result came out that uh, I think it was 64% of in-house lawyers don't know much about OKRs so it's quite a quite a significant amount I would say but I mean it makes sense right because it's from it originates from a different world almost so how did you first come about OKRs? So yeah they don't teach you that in law school like I don't I don't remember a seminar that was about oh you know this is uh modern ways of setting business goals Mm -hmm. um (laughs) And, you know, today it's used by, um, you know, a lot of companies like, you know, I, I mentioned Monzo, but, you know, um, Google, Airbnb, LinkedIn, uh, Dun & Bradstreet, uh, ING Bank, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's a new method- methodology for um, setting goals. So, you know, some lawyers, particularly maybe they were... Um, at firms and they've just recently moved in house and a lot of this stuff they haven't necessarily come across it's completely mm-hmm. normal you know don't have imposter syndrome about it whenever I first came across it 
uh, at Monzo. I also wasn't familiar with it and I really needed to do a bit of research. So, you know, I read the book Measure What Matters, John Doerr, and I listened to a bunch of podcasts. And that's also why I wanted to do this podcast as well, because, you know, Mm -hmm. there might be people in that space where, you know, it's coming up to Q2 and maybe this uh, exercise will help them and give them practical examples about what it's like to set goals, objectives and key results in the legal team and Mm -hmm. how you kind of can go about it. And with everything with practice, you'll always get better each time you do it. So OKRs stands for Objectives and Key Results. OKRs are a goal-setting methodology that can help your team set and track measurable goals. This framework pairs the objectives you want to achieve with the key results you'll use to measure progress so that your goals are tied to your team's day-to-day activities. You can think about the objectives as the what that you're trying to achieve and the key results as the how you will achieve them. The OKRs in your legal team will be derived from the business goals, which makes sure that legal activity is working in the same direction as the wider business. And it highlights how legal work impacts business success. Let's find out more. And when you first came across them at Monzo, when you were working there, what what were your first impressions or how did you feel about them when you first learned that that was the way of setting goals? Yeah, like it made sense. Whenever someone explained, you know, this is the rationale, this is the reason. Um, So, for example, everything's derived from the mission. So the mission of the company will determine the goals, the objectives of the company for that quarter, for that year. You know, each team should be able to look at what the company wants to achieve. And that's really the starting point for the team to decide, okay, what should we be focusing on? And so you see this sort of like waterfall approach and Mm -hmm. logically makes sense, but I hadn't done it before. So, you know, my colleagues helped me. I grabbed some people. I was like, what is this? What should I be thinking about? I showed my, you know, draft objectives to a few people. They gave me a lot of tips. And, you know, that's also what was great. There's there's a really great community. You know, if you ask for help, people will most likely say yes. Yes. Um, Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to say, hey, this is the first time I've done it. Can someone review my objectives? But the other thing that is really powerful is what happens when you've set these objectives. Really, then it should be everyone sitting around the table, you know, the t- at team level, executive level, and checking, okay, how does that objective impact another team? Does it create dependencies? So if the product team wants to do X, is there mm. a dependence on the legal team? And if there is, you know, what do we need to do? Do we need to hire someone? Do we need to get a new uh, type of technology in? And it really has those conversations early on so that everyone understands who is dependent on who and Mm -hmm. what those teams need in order to be able to provide that to the other teams. Yeah, for sure. That's a great point, actually. And in your experience, how have they benefited you? Are are there any examples where that happened um, in terms of cross-dependencies? Yeah, I think I didn't really appreciate the benefits until I did it a couple of times. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, my examples are coming from places where the entire company used um, objectives and key results Mm -hmm. so 
for me, the benefit was, you know, I would say first showing that the legal team has purpose. I think it can be very easy to be sitting in the legal team, doing your contract, doing whatever and thinking like, did I, did I achieve anything today? Like, did what I do make the company move forward? And when you have objectives and key results that are all tied into the company's objectives and key results, you know why it's important what you're doing. And therefore, whenever it's at the end of the day, you'll say, okay, I understand the value that comes from that process that I'm thinking about or that contract that I'm doing or that piece of work review, etc. Um, I understand that's important because it's moving us forward with this uh, key result, which is moving us forward with this objective, which is linked to the company mission. And so that's really powerful, especially I think in technical roles where some days you're just not sure, you know, what, what, what the point of it is. I would say that that was the most powerful thing for me. Um, mm -hmm. Other practical things that come with it is, you know, uh, it makes it a lot easier to say no and set your priorities because if at the start of the quarter, everyone's setting their goals and identifying their dependencies, if in the middle of the quarter, this huge project arises, which like, I'm sure every lawyer is like, yes, it'll happen. <laughs> um, you can have a conversation you know, objective intellectual conversation, which is like, cool, you you want this done. Where does that actually sit with our yeah. objective results? Um, is it a priority for this quarter? Like, here are my objectives and key results. You should have also seen the other teams and you can really have that discussion. Or maybe you need to go back to the table and, you know, something changed because, you know, it's, it's startup. It, it can change. And you say, okay, look, this thing happened. Should we should we change our goals or should we stick with the priorities that we have set? And then, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not me saying no to you, Steph. It's basically the company has already decided what the priorities are. And, yeah. you know, especially for me, I also find it sometimes hard to say no, but yeah. you have to, you know, you can't say yes to everything. You yeah. need to stay focused on what matters and you need to stay focused on the priorities otherwise you know you'll just be you'll be working with 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 no direction forward you're not going mm -hmm. to get somebody anywhere and so it might be it might seem nice to say yes but it's not it's not useful for the business mm -hmm. and so it just it, it it takes sort of the the emotion out of it it's very objective and I think that was really helpful for me as well mm -hmm. in legal so yeah. really about being motivated and empowered to um, decide how you're going to do your work because everyone knows the direction that you're on. Getting everyone on the same page, avoiding those silos, them, us, um, mm -hmm. which can happen easily in companies as well. You know, I, I felt it in the legal team and it can, can really help just everyone come together, which is an amazing yeah. feeling. And then, of course, like just the odds that you're going to succeed at your goals increases. I mean, what an opportunity as well for the legal team, I think, to have a kind of common language with the rest of the business and being able to communicate in that way as well. I think that would presumably help whether it's building those relationships. But like you said, having the objective perspective on, no, these are the priorities and this is how it aligns with other teams and with the business objectives. So it's pretty cool having that common language, I would say, across the business. Yeah, I think so. When legal teams work with OKRs, 
there's no doubt what their priorities should be in this quarter. This means that when other matters fall into your plate, you need to assess whether it belongs to one of your strategic priorities found in your OKRs, whether it is an important matter that's come out of nowhere and will therefore be prioritised over another project, or perhaps it's a nice to have but it shouldn't receive legal attention unless the other objectives have been met. Generally, a whole business will use OKRs as its goal-setting method. This means that when requests are coming in from other teams, legal has a common language that can be used to communicate priorities and understand cross-functional dependencies. Well, how would you go about creating these OKRs? Where would somebody start? <laughs> Uh, the first thing to think about is your objective. So your objective should be linking to your mission. It should be the thing that you really need to focus on for that quarter or for that half year. It's not business as usual. It's really something that you want to make a movement in, a change, a leap. You want to go somewhere. And the objective itself, you know, it should be meaningful. So... If it's not a top priority for the company, if it's not a, if you're not starting your weekly meetings talking about that thing, maybe maybe that's not your objective for this quarter. You know, maybe it's a BAU, maybe maybe it's a key result. It's one of the things that's helping you identify how you're doing against your objective. So I think that's uh, a really powerful way to think about it whenever you're setting your objective. And then you know. OKRs, the objectives really should be audacious and really should be inspiring. And this is where you get sort of the motivation and the rallying cry where everyone's coming together and they're like, we can do it. It yes. seems crazy, <laughs> but like somehow we're going to do this. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that can be really powerful. So when you step back and you look at your objectives that you've created, just think, you know, is this meaningful? Is this audacious? Can I push it a bit more? And is it inspiring? You know, whenever you're telling the team, look in their eyes, you know, are they excited or are you just telling them? Are they just feeling like, oh, that's a bunch of work? Because, mm -hmm. you know, wording is really important. Maybe you can tweak the wording, get some feedback um, mm -hmm. and, and read them to inspire and motivate and empower the team with your objective. I think that's what you said about, are you speaking about this at the start of the meeting? I think that's a great way, actually, to think about identifying your objectives because it can be easy, especially in a legal team, to, as you said, get swamped under the, the business as usual work. So, yeah, I think that's a, a really good, quite clear way of looking of it, looking at it, rather. So yeah. once you have these objectives, how, how should you be thinking about your key results? Yeah, exactly. So you've got your objectives, you know where you want to go. And now you're thinking about, okay, what are the things that would tell me um, how I'm doing, like my progress? And so typically you're, you're taking three to five per objective. Um, and here's where you really want to be specific, measurable. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to tell without a doubt, did I achieve that thing at the end of the quarter? It should be, it should be super easy. It should be yes, no. And the reason why you only have three to five is, you know, people can't remember that much stuff. And this is really about a, a focus of the team. So you want people thinking about these things in everything they do. Mm -hmm. And so you can't make it too wordy. You can't have too many. Um, it's just going to, you know, 
make it more difficult to remember. And so you really want to focus on the three to five critical things that you need to do in like the next 30 days, 60 days in order to move you forward, you know, with with your objective. Yeah. And I, the fact that it's just a yes, no, that makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah, the objective is subjective. Like you're not you know, you could say maybe we've met it, maybe we haven't. And it's hard to know, you know, one person might say, oh yeah, we smashed it. One person would say, I'm not so, not so sure. And that's mm-hmm. why the results need to be, you know, we will do X by Y. And mm-hmm. it's, we did it or we didn't do it. Yeah. And the idea is, you know, whenever you're meeting your key results, and then you update your key results. You'll update your key results more than you'll update your objectives. Mm-hmm. You know, you you should be getting there. And like you said, your your objectives should be like these big audacious goals. And yeah, yeah, yeah. correct correct me if I'm wrong, but you, it's not necessarily that you're going to achieve it 100 percent, right? It's they should be big audacious goals. <laughs> that, that that's interesting. So you know. Um, there really needs to be trust whenever you're mm-hmm. sending these because if you don't push yourself with your objectives, you're not going to move mountains. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in a place where you feel comfortable, you feel trusted, it can be soul-destroying to stand up at an all-hands and say, legal didn't meet its objectives. Yes. So you you need to have you need to have trust in order for this to work and sometimes you can with your key results you can basically decide as a team okay which one of these key results is a must we have to do this if we don't do this we're not going to achieve it which one is a stretch and you know you say we we know this is a stretch we're not sure if we're going to make it but we're going to aim to make it and one of them could even just be a learning mm-hmm. where you know we're just going to do a bit of research. Um, for example, say you really want to work well with another team in order to achieve something. Well, you might want to do a little bit of research, maybe a satisfaction survey with that team. You know, how are they finding the legal service? You might have some ideas about what could be better, but one of your key results could just be really to take a deep dive into that and so you can kind of you know set your expectations at the start we're definitely Mm -hmm. going to do this this one's aspirational this one's learning you know to get the most out of objectives and key results you have to be setting those objectives yeah uh, yeah yeah pretty high standard yeah totally that's that's why they're so powerful because you know if every team is doing that your your company's going to be more likely to be doing, you know, smashing their goals as well. Love it. It just provides so much clarity over prioritization. And as you said, even if goals change uh, or objectives change throughout the course of the quarter or um, mm-hmm. the half year, as you were saying, it's, yeah, clear prioritization, which is, I think, a weight off people's shoulders, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, just understanding it's not BAU, you know, there will be important things happening and objectives and key results won't be the only thing you'll be, 
measure and you might be measuring your key performance indicators you know you might have you know your normal list of stuff that you need to get through um it's not that those things aren't important they are but it's that you don't need the whole team to come together and like put special focus on it for that quarter you know maybe Mm -hmm. that's rolling grand you know maybe it's just working and it's really important stuff but you don't need a special effort to be always mentally thinking of it um Mm -hmm. this there's something that's not working there's something that needs to change and so that's why you really need to reinforce that message every single team meeting you should be going in first thing should be where are we with that objective yeah totally that makes sense and I guess it's kind of obvious for if you're a solo in-house lawyer you would be creating these yourself but if there's more than one person or a couple of people or even larger legal teams who should be drafting these OKRs Yeah, so it really has the possibility to empower the whole team. So if the way they're working is, you know, you have the company mission and then you have the company objectives and key results and then you have the team objectives and key results, you know, really the the head of legal, the GC, knows the what. Mm -hmm. So they will be um, creating the, the objective and, you know, really fine tuning the objective to give their team direction. Yeah. You know, the leaders need to set the direction for the rest of the team. But then once the team is clear on where we need to be, like what direction are we going, then um, that's an opportunity for the team to really dictate the how. And, you know, John Doran, in his book, he talks about, you know, leaders saying we need to clean up that mess, but not telling people what um, mop to use. This is really where you have, you know, autonomous teams and people should really get inspired by the objectives and they should get, you know, motivated and inspired to decide themselves how they're going to achieve it. And really, I like doing a brainstorm session with my teams uh, when we get to this point, because, you know, you want both ways, you know, top up and bottom down. What is the best way to get us to where we need to be? I think the best ideas usually come from the team that are on the front line. They know what's happening. And Mm. so they can usually have the best ideas of, you know, what are the three to five things that we need to do to get us to that direction, to get us to success. So how do you create your OKRs? Here are seven steps to help you get started. One, understand your company's goals. What are the mission and current priorities of the business? Two, choose your tools. Will you keep track on a Google Sheet, a Notion page, or on a dedicated tool? Three, involve your entire team. Leadership should set the objectives, but the team, the people closest to the context, should set out how they will achieve these. Four, write your objectives. What's the big, ambitious destination that you're heading towards? Five, develop your key results. How will you measure progress along the way? Six, track the results. Keep your OKRs front of mind and track results consistently. Seven, celebrate the 70%. Remember your OKRs should be challenging, so don't expect to achieve 100%. Celebrate all successes along the way. The first time though, you know, it's going to take a few times. Yeah. 
this is sort of what happened to me. So the first time I was like, oh, it sounds logical, makes a lot of sense. I've got this. I know how to do it. I tried. It's it's always hard to do something new. Each time you do it, you'll get better at it. You'll get mm-hmm. more benefit from it. Um, you'll get better and better. You'll help someone who doesn't know how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's quite a, a common challenge that people come up against, actually, isn't it? They'll they'll start or they'll try and it'll be quite difficult and there'll be, you know, a bit of friction and they won't reach their goal, their objectives or their key results and creates a bit of uh, friction, I suppose. So what are what are some of the common challenges or, or pitfalls, I guess, when creating and working with OKRs? Yeah, I think that trust point, you know, you have to get over it, you have to get over ego. <laughs> You know, yep. you, you really you have to if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, you know, set your audacious objectives because you never know what you're gonna be able to achieve if you don't put it as your objective. You know, put it on your whiteboard, your sticky note, your computer. Remind yourself this is what we're doing, um, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll be surprised what you can achieve. I think also setting the right key um, key results. So. This is why it's fine to change key results quite quite regularly. So you'll set your key results because you think that if you focus on those things, that's going to progress you towards your objective. Mm-hmm. It'd be after a month or two, you know, it's you're making progress on your key objective. Like, you know, we did that thing we said we're going to do, but we look at the objective and we're like, you know what? We're not really closer to it. doesn't feel like we're closer. So we didn't set the right key objectives. And I think spending time on it because it's all about working smarter, not harder. You're never going to have enough time to do everything, you know, that an in-house team needs to do. And so sometimes if you know what you're working towards and you know what the objective is, the key result might be something really, really simple. There might be other key results that are a lot more difficult to achieve. So say, for example... Your contracts are taking ages, you know, and you might think, oh, you know, what we could do is, you know, go through all of those clauses that tend to take a lot of time and, you know, get external counsel involved and do a couple of iterations and go speak to, I don't know, the finance team because it seems to be always about the pricing and you could do that or... If you know that speed is really the thing that the whole company is focusing on for that quarter, maybe just doing like an e-signing tool and getting that up and running might actually cut as much time off the whole thing, but it's so much easier to achieve. You know, you yeah. sign up, you get it, you get it in, and all of a sudden that sign-in path, oh, someone's on vacation, can't sign it, oh, they printed the <laughs> wrong one, it was the wrong version. And so whenever you start thinking like, okay, what matters most? Speed. Okay, what's the one thing that I can do this quarter that's actually going to move us towards speed? It doesn't necessarily have to be something super complicated. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. And we did have, um, we had a bit of a call out on LinkedIn and we did have somebody share a great, um, like, well, not a great experience as such, but a great insight into one of the challenges that they faced. Um, I'll read it out if that's okay and we can maybe work work our way through it. So she said, I think the biggest thing that's been a challenge is to align um, legal OKRs with those of the business and then quantify them. 
It's easy for the business to have a timeline or volume metrics, but it's harder to quantify what legal does. For example, I don't really consider handling a certain volume of contracts, deals or dollar amounts to be indicative of success. Much of what we do cannot be boiled down to tangible metrics because it's daily counselling and training um, our business owners. Um, so that what they do is they try to to focus on milestone based OKRs, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. For example, develop and improve privacy pro- uh, programs might be the objective, and the key results might be to roll out X policy um, in Q1, complete a training roadshow in Q2, and and fill a fill a role in Q3, for example. What do you think about this? <laughs> is that a fair yeah. comments, I would say. <laughs> I, so first of all, I think it's great that someone, you know, reached out with this example. So I actually made some notes on this one last night because I really want to go really? through it. Um, someone took the time to go out there and explain it. So, you know, yeah. this is the podcast and I want to help that person. Like yes. I know OKRs, uh, they're a bit of a mystery. Um, so like, yeah, it was a pretty long piece, but let me, let me try and break it down. So Mm-hmm. what was that first bit about you know um the certain number of contracts and not necessarily indicative of success and I think that's the BAU so maybe just remembering that objectives and key results the OKRs aren't supposed to be the BAUs like that's still super important needs to get done um there needs to be a way of tracking it but OKRs are not going to be the way of going through your business as usual tasks. You know, these really are for the things that are top priority that the whole company is focusing on, that you need to be starting your meetings with, that the whole team needs to be rallying together in order to succeed. So maybe that will help, you know, sort of clear um, a lot of, okay, what should be in the OKR? I really like the example of, the, the privacy program so I think mm-hmm. let's take that and let's sort of go through it mm-hmm. and see if we can turn it into like an objective and some key results yeah cool let's go for it and um, just quickly before we dive in actually I was just thinking around obviously you've got the BAU stuff as well how mm. does that sit with OKRs is there how would you be tracking that alongside it well, a lot of the things, not necessarily alongside it, but if you're moving the needle for the top priorities, that should mm. be helping you with your BAU. So, you know, say... Yeah, great point. Um, your objective is about speed. Okay, you're thinking about speed. In that example, we were thinking about, ah, okay, maybe the electronic signing tool is the thing that we can do to really move the needle the needle on speed and then once you start thinking like that okay all of a sudden in your BAU you've got too much stuff going on one uh, thinking about priorities will help so you know whenever someone comes to your desk and says hey can I have this thing done you're thinking hmm is it a priority like do I need to do this one over the other one and Mm -hmm. that mindset can be really powerful with your BAU tasks but also if you're if you're thinking about like efficiencies, scaling, speed, those things should also be helping you, you know, with your BAU tasks as well. Mm-hmm. You know, even 
getting the team motivated and inspired to come to work every day is going to help you with your BAU tasks. For sure. Having more effective team meetings is going to help you with your BAU tasks. So they're completely different. But, you know, if you're if you know what your focus is and you're putting effort into your focus, everything else should be following. So like um, John Doerr in his book, he talks about stones and sand. I'm paraphrasing. I'm, I'm probably going to mess this up. But the Go idea is you have a jar and you have all of these stones and all of this sand to fit inside the jar. If you put the sand in first, the stones aren't going to fit. But if you put the rocks, the stones in first, the sand is going to, you know, go in amongst it. And so yes. if you know what matters and you know what the critical things are and you put them in place, the sand will flow. It'll happen a lot easier than trying to do it the other way around. Yes. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to read this yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, I'll lend it to you. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it'd be if, great if we could um, work through the example um that this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this person kindly shared um, of the privacy program, that would be great. So develop and improve the privacy program. So the first thing I wrote down was for the objective. Is mm -hmm. it meaningful? You know, is, so if we step back and we look at, you know, legal and the purpose of legal, you know, managing legal risks, helping the company grow and sustain safely. Was this the top risk identified? you know, was it around the privacy program? Is that why we're making this one the objective? Or if not, maybe it's more of a key result. You know, maybe it's one of the main elements that we should be working towards in order to help us with our objective. And our objective might be, you know, really something around the managing of the risk, something a bit higher. Or maybe we're working for, you know, a privacy provider or a company where privacy really is the most important thing. So first thing I'd ask myself, is this meaningful? I'm going to assume that it is. I'm going to assume, mm -hmm. okay, this is our objective. It's really meaningful. The whole company is focused on privacy. So then uh, is it audacious? So develop and improve privacy program. You know, I'm going to say we develop the best privacy program in the world. Yeah, that rallies me behind yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how are we doing that? <laughs> exactly. And is it inspiring? Maybe. Like, you know, let's let's say it to the team. Let's get their mm -hmm. thoughts. I'd be pretty inspired. So, mm -hmm. you know, I started my consultancy, Turtle Law. Someone messaged me, hey, do you want to help us do the best privacy program in the whole world? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, totally I, I'm in um, <laughs> it's having a bit of fun with it as well right <laughs> yeah and push yourself and it makes you think differently right because if you're asked to make develop the best privacy program in the world you automatically start thinking about that different than just developing a privacy program to me That's the first one feels like a lot of work mm. Mm -hmm. <gasps> yeah I can see excel spreadsheets already <laughs> yeah. whereas the next one, it's like, no, 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 we're going to have to take a step back. We're going to have to talk to people. We're going to have to be creative here. You know, how, how, how are we going to do that? Um, so I get a lot more excited about making, developing the best privacy program in the whole world. Um, Me too. And I'm not even a lawyer. So <laughs> we're getting excited. So that's, yeah. that's a good, good litmus test. We passed the <laughs> test. So, um, 
let's let's keep going forward so what's the next thing i put so what about being specific and action orientated so we're talking about developing this privacy program that's that's speaking the same language point that you were talking about i think that's really powerful so we know well i know what a privacy program is but is there can we be a bit more specific so that whenever you know we're having that conversation steph you come to my desk you say can i do that thing i'm like no no, no i'm working on the privacy program what um privacy program is about protecting your customers personal data let's say Mm. so let's make it a bit more specific and say we are going to develop a way to protect our customers personal data the best way in the world yes and here it's just a bit more tangible for like you know whenever you're going in and having those meetings with the rest of the team everyone is going to say okay i i get that using common language, making sure that you're all on the same page. Because someone's definition of what it is to develop a privacy program might be a bit different. When we're talking about setting the direction for the team, you know, leaders, you really need to make sure that you pinpoint the direction because John Doe talks about this in his book as well. If you want everyone to go to um, Dalston in London, where I am, you need to tell them that's where you need to go because if they end up on King's Cross... No one's, no one's meeting each other. And so to get the most out of your key results and your objectives, you have to make sure that everyone knows exactly what we're trying to achieve. So mm-hmm. I like to use plain language, like, okay, we're going to protect personal data. Um, and, and then hopefully that, you know, the privacy program will come with that. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a really important point, actually, on the, the plain language, because it is something that you're communicating out with outside of the legal department as well. So great point. Yeah, for sure, because you can't make a privacy program with just a legal team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> involved. Um, so so let me see, we're about to. So we tried to make it a bit more specific, action orientated. OK, we're developing, we're protecting. I think there is mm-hmm. action orientation there. And then, you know, can you make it more memorable and tie it to your culture? Mm. Because you want people remembering that objective in everything they do. Every mm-hmm. content they do, every process they're making, you want them to remember we're protecting personal data. So I think I said about protecting customers' personal data. Well, mm-hmm. you know, with culture, let's include employees. Let's include previous customers people that aren't customers yet so let's just say everyone because we did this whenever we were making our objective we said um we make money work for everyone Mm -hmm. i think everyone's really powerful so yeah so we're protecting everyone's personal data and then you know to the culture in the same way that we'd want our personal data protected but you know let's let's try and make it shorter because again, we're not going to remember this stuff tomorrow. So we need, yep. we need something that's really concise. So um, we, I was thinking it. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> we need to say it. Yeah. And this is why the feedback is really important on the objectives. So what about we protect everyone's personal data as if it's our own? You know, is it meaningful? We're going to say yes. We're going to say the company is really focused on this. Is it audacious? Yes. Is it inspiring? Well, I don't know, you're smiling, Steph. So hopefully, yes. <laughs> hopefully an objective now that's really inspiring and motivating the team and knowing mm-hmm. where we need to go and 
You know, for me, I'd put that on a sticky note on my laptop and I'd be looking at that every single day. Asking yourself the following questions is a great way to craft an effective objective for your OKRs. Is it meaningful? Will this have an impact on the business? Is it something the legal team can rally behind and get excited about? Is it specific and action-orientated? Does it use plain language that people across the business will understand? And is it written in a way that aligns to the company culture? And don't forget, it should be memorable. If you can answer yes to these questions, you'll be off to a flying start. So good luck. Well, you hear it and you're like, yeah, I want to work on that. I want to be part of that. You'd be proud if you achieved it and you're proud to be working on it. I know, I know it, it would be amazing. And, and you'd be surprised what a whole team can achieve. If every single person has that sticky note on their computer and they have that one objective, yeah, you're, you're more likely than not going to achieve that objective. So yeah, for sure. now we can move over to the, so the key results. So if you're happy with yes. your objective, this is the point where, you know, you'd be going back to, you know, the leadership team and you're like, we're focusing on this objective. That means mm-hmm. we're going to need, we're going to need dependencies from, you know, a bunch of teams. Um, are we all on the same page? Does everyone agree that this is what we should be focusing on? Is your team inspired? Iterate it, spend time getting those objectives uh, really tied down. And then once you're in a position where you're happy with them, you know, then it's like, okay, key results. What are the three to five things that we can be doing that if we achieve it will help us progress towards our objective, which Mm -hmm. is to uh, protect the personal data of everyone as if it's our own. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, so the key results. (laughs) So key results. I really like the examples that were in the response. So what did they say again? Um, Yeah, so we had, um, for example, uh, they might roll out X policy um, in Q1, complete a training roadshow in Q2, Mm -hmm. fill, um, fill a position in Q3 and complete an audit in Q4 were the examples that um, this person gave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those examples. So like, mm-hmm. I, I really think this example, the, the the privacy program protecting people's personal data and these milestones are really good starting point with the key results. Okay, so we're, we're just thinking about three to five. So we've got four. Also, I'm thinking about the time. So the key results should be really, you know, you'll, you'll change them over mm-hmm. the quarter. So, and I'm also thinking about, you know, our rocks and our sand. What are the things that the whole team needs to be really focused on for the next month? That's going to help us progress towards that end objective, you know, protecting people's personal data as if it was our own. So the policy is in Q1. So let's say, okay, we we complete that policy by the end of Q1. Uh, we want to complete the training roadshow in Q2. So maybe in Q1, we want to already develop the training, you know, mm. get the PowerPoints, create the slides. Because if we do that in Q1, then we're more likely going to be able to like give a training in Q2. Totally, and you've moved closer. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's try and focus on, you know, just the things that are coming up immediately. 
fill a headcount role in Q3. So this one seems like a rock to me. You know, if you need to hire a critical role, if you don't hire that person, you know, you're, you're not going to achieve the best privacy program in the whole world. So if you want to do that in Q3, what you need to be doing now, um, you need to get that headcount approved. You need to get the budget approved. You need to get that job ad out. Um, and you need to let the people team know, hey, uh, you're one of our dependents for one of our key results. Uh, just to let you know that we're going to need support to hire this role in Q3. So now what we're doing is we're, you know, doing the job ad. We want to make sure it's all over the place. Um, and what was the last one? The audit. Mm-hmm. I like this one too. So this audit is sort of like a lagging key result. If you achieve, let's say, 99% compliance in the audit, which is still very audacious, then that will tell you that you're a good way um, making progress towards protecting people's personal data as if it was your own. But that's a really big key result and that's in Q4. So what's the thing, what's the one thing that we need to be working on in mm. one to make that happen? Yeah. And from doing this before uh, with privacy programs, I would say it's agreeing a responsibilities map with the rest of your organization on who's responsible for what when it comes to protecting personal data. Because you're going to have the engineering team, you're going to have the marketing team, you're going to have um, the customer service team, you're going to have the business development team, like every team, the the people team, you know, mm-hmm. every team needs to come together in order for the company as a whole to be able to protect personal data in the way that you'd want yours protected. Yeah. So if you can agree, you know, the recce model, the responsibility mapping model with the rest of the organization in Q1, then I think that's very powerful in um, indicative whether or not you're going to be successful at that overall goal and whether or not mm-hmm. you're going to be able to pass that audit yeah. in Q4. Yeah, totally. I'm kind of visualizing it in a way where you have like little things and each action or each key result should move you along every step exactly, a little bit closer exactly. each time. There's, there's a lot of like football analogy throughout the books, but oh, yeah. <laughs> um, really that end of football. So I just, yeah, I probably it, wouldn't understand. <laughs> you're, you're making progress. You know, every time yeah. that you make progress on that key result, you're closer to the objective. Mm-hmm. And so that's why OKRs are really powerful because whenever you set the objective, but also what you're going to do to get there as a team working together, I I find it more useful than simply just setting the goals themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Love it. <laughs> I think I'm it. It. definitely. It's amusing. So what else did I, what else did I think about whenever I was going through these? Um, one of the tips that's really helpful about creating amazing key results is to pair quality and quantity so interesting yeah because if you think about speed speed at what cost like 
you know, obviously the quality still has to be high. You don't want things to go so fast that the quality dips. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe, you know, you're okay with a bit of quality dipping, but that's really a conversation that you need to iron out with the whole company. Like, what are we comfortable with here? So if we're talking about making uh, that training, so we're going to create... 10 PowerPoint pages, it's super specific, the key results. So 10 PowerPoint pages for the training. And now we're thinking, okay, quality, how are we going to tell if those pages are any good? Well, maybe you could create an employee survey and you could get people to complete the survey about how satisfied they were with the training. And you say, we get at least 70% of the employees to complete the survey And we score at least 90% on the survey. The other thing is, you know, whenever maybe your employees are going to do a piece of uh, like a test, you know, like Mm -hmm. an annual data protection test. Yep. How high are they scoring? Because that would be indicative of how good the quality training was. Mm -hmm. So whenever you're pairing the quantity with the quality, um, it makes you think differently again about how you would achieve the thing. So mm-hmm. now that I know there's going to be a satisfaction survey, and now that I know that there's going to be a test at some point, and that's going to also be measured, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'd treat that, crean- that training a bit differently now than mm-hmm. if I was only focused on getting it done. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a great point to keep front of mind, I think, the quality and the quantity. Certainly yeah. something I'll be using for my OKRs as well. <laughs> well are, you, are you going to do some? Yes, yeah, we use OKRs as well. Okay. <laughs> and bite to draft them, actually, as you say. For you Q2, are. So. Okay. so this is a perfect conversation for me. <laughs> exactly. um, drop me a note, let me know what they are. I'm excited. Yeah, well, I'll be redrafting them now. I can tell you that much. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on you go. If there's yeah, any other so- thoughts on this. What else came to mind whenever I was doing this? Um, Maybe the headcount role as well. So, you know, we were talking about we're going to draft that um, job ad. How good is the job ad? Well, you know, did you get some decent candidates applying for that Mm. job off the back of that job ad? So, you know, maybe some criteria for shortlisting. And if you don't, maybe you should be creating that as well you know, in, in Q1, did you get at least five, eight really strong candidates in the pipeline, you know, to take mm-hmm. to interview stage? Because mm-hmm. that's a sign of quality of a really good job ad. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's a great example. Really good example. Yeah. And, and we're so, hiring a lot at Leeway, so I'll be recommending that one to the team. <laughs> yeah. And there you can see, like, you know, drafting a job ad isn't super hard. But the way you think about it, that can really make the difference about meeting your end objective. Your end objective is to protect everyone's data as if you want to be protected. And, you know, we wanted that, you know, to be, be the best in the world. Well, mm. You need to hire the best people. And so you yes. need to have a job ad. And so it's only a job ad, but still that matters so much about yeah. you, even your objective. And so it really helps the team know that super busy, everything's going on, but I have to put a good amount of energy into that job ad because yes. I understand how important it is. 
because I understand how it links to my objectives and I understand how that achieves the company's mission. So at the end of the day, if the only thing I did was draft that job ad, I can sit back and be like, you know what? That was the right, I, I spent energy the right way. You know, I feel purpose for what I did today. Yeah. Um, really connects you to the purpose to the rest of the organization. Yeah, definitely. Again, visualizing that kind of like gold tree and you can see exactly how every, even the smallest task is linking to, to you know, the bigger picture, I guess. Which, yeah, makes total sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I think that was a, a fantastic example. Um, so thank you very much to, to the person who sent it in as well. And thank you.